It's time for Watch and Learn, the show where we discuss the life lessons we learn from the movies we watch. Today, 1997's Rocket Man. Hey, movie maniacs, my name is Sky, and I'm here with Dusty. What is the haps on the craps, Dust? Not much, brother. I'm doing excellent. How are you doing? Uh, I'm killing it over here, man. Fresno's great. The weather's great. The kids are at school right now. I'm home all alone with the dogs. I'm just loving this. You know, this uh, this nice the school days are great for me, you know? Isn't it awesome not having a job? Yes, it is awesome. No job. Man, I, I remember when you lost your job, like the, uh, um, the, the the company that you were working for, they were sold and they came in and laid you off because, you know, they were trying to, the new company was trying to save money and all that sort of stuff. I remember when that happened, I was like, dude, this is going to be the best thing for you. At least that's what I, I, I probably said it, but I know I was thinking that because you were on the route of passive income and, you know, getting your online poker um, uh, studying and teaching business going. And now you've, it's been what, three years, four years now? Yep, yep, three years. Man, that's fantastic. And then not having a job is... Plus, you got a sugar mama, so, you know, get her working is, is, helps a lot. <laughs> exactly, yeah. But I was going to tell you, um, I recently got another job, I kind of a job. I am teaching poker classes, um, you know, live in person for Clovis uh, Adult Education. No way, I had no idea. Yeah, yeah, so I'm just giving it a shot, seeing how it is teaching in the live realm. My goal is to possibly develop some kind of a poker community here in Clovis and in Fresno, as well as just getting practice teaching poker one-on-one, you know, because this is basically my profession now, and the more practice I can get in, the better off. So uh, Thursdays from 6 to 8 p.m. starting in May, I'll be teaching. That's super cool. Yeah, yeah, just giving it a shot, you know, expanding my reach, expanding my, um, I guess, maybe listenership, people that I teach in the class, uh, they'll listen to my podcast, maybe buy my online courses, you know, all that stuff, follow me in all different ways. Yeah, your brain works really well with numbers. I am not, I, I can muscle through numbers, but man, I... You need to you need to have a good brain for, for numbers or really love the game. I, I don't either, but... Yeah. Awesome for you. I am, I'm into real estate. I just love rental properties. But from there, thinking about um, our lives being able to do these things, like watch all these movies, and it's just so awesome to be able to do this podcast because we don't have a job. It's just fantastic. So what did you think about Rocket Man from 1997, the year I graduated from high school? Well, something that you just said a second ago, I'll tell you my thoughts on Rocketman in a sec, but you said I'm good with numbers, right? Speaking of numbers, I looked up the Rotten Tomatoes score in this movie. Critics at 21%. Audience at 72%. There's not, you, you can't get much bigger of a chasm between the two. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Those stupid critics. I, I never, uh, yeah, always. Like I literally never go off what the critics say. This audience is giving it a good store and the, and the critics are giving it bad. I'm like, they're critics for a reason. And I just don't like, I, I don't think like a critic. I think like a normal person. <laughs> so um, that's crazy. Now going from there, I'm going to go ahead and give my rating. So if, uh, you said 70, how many percent? 70 what? 72 for the audience. 72% said, you know, gave it a favorable rating. I give Rocket Man because I laughed so much. I had my kids watching with me. They laughed so much. I just love Harlan Williams. He is so hilariously funny. Now, he's not a normal dude that I would normally hang out with just because his personality (laughs) is so weird. (laughs) But uh, I laughed so much. I give it an A+. 
Oh, holy cow, no way, A+, plus. that's amazing. Absolutely A+, plus for me. And the reason why is because I watched it way, like many, many years ago, loved it and laughed so much. And now I watched it again. I've watched it maybe four or five times now. This is probably the fifth time. I laughed all over and over again. I just had so much fun that I would watch this over, like if my kids come home tonight um, from, from PE or whatever and say, hey, dad, can we watch Rocket Man? I'm like, yes, we can. <laughs> <laughs> Totally. Good, good. I gave it a little bit less than you. I gave it a solid B. And the reason why is I don't know how rewatchable it is. I remember, like you said, watching it years ago, liking it, really enjoying it this time. But I don't know when I'll pop the DVD in ever again. You know what I mean? Like there were tons of laugh out loud moments, but uh, I like... This was a very slapsticky comedy with a lot of that physical stuff going on, which 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 is where the humor came from. And I laughed at a lot of it. But I really like comedies that have a more um, deep thinking kind of humor, you know, uh, as opposed to the slapsticky stuff. Yeah, I'm not that smart. So <laughs> the slapstick is fantastic. Well, there are some slapstick that just, either just don't hit home with me. But this one um, absolutely did. Absolutely loved it. I just, for some reason in my brain, the scene, and this is, I'm going to go jump right into my favorite scene in the totally. movie. And we're probably missing over a lot of stuff we, we're going to talk about. But my favorite scene is when he and I can't remember the other guy, like his competition, they get locked in that chamber where they have to be there <laughs> alone for 24 hours and they hear each other. I was like, wow, that's just awesome. And I remember the very first time watching where at the very end, he's or like in the middle of it, he's starting to, John, Jay, John, Jay. Yep. <laughs> it's, like, it's just, I just couldn't, because they kept doing it over and over and over mm-hmm. again. And so it got to be the point where I'm like, Okay, it's enough. It's enough, but they they keep doing it. Yeah. <laughs> so, then, hey, can you close the door? We need a few more minutes. <laughs> yeah, that was great. That's enough. again one of those examples of those scenes that goes on and on, gets uncomfortable, and then turns really funny because it keeps going. I really like that scene too. But my favorite scene was when when he's announced as the winner. And then he just, his his scream was just so good and so classic, so excited. That's my favorite part of the movie, his scream right there. Ah! And, <laughs> with the holding his, his fingers to his face, his you know. His hands oh, shaking man. and everything, just so brilliant. Love it. And it's, it's, it's like a shriek, like a girl. Like, he's so excited and so funny. And then he gets up knocking that dude in the face. Oh, what is that? I can't. I, you you have the memory of what it's called, but where they do something over and over again, like three times, and in, in in a movie, what's that called? Oh, um, uh, I I can't remember. I'm sorry. <laughs> but okay, I know what a, you're saying. Yes. Yeah. So you you do something three times in a movie, and it, the first time you're like it's unexpected. Second time you're like, oh, they did it again. But third time it like drives it home. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's with that um the one guy that was uh the engine not the engineer the um. Yeah, was he the engineer? Not the pilot, but the engineer who was had a problem with him in the first place. Got hit by the spinning, you know, um, uh, yeah. sh- ship. You know, got his neck, you know, busted and everything. But he's getting hurt over and over. Just that one single guy getting like physically hurt over and over again. Terrific. And then in that scene where he's getting up out of the chair screaming, he's like knocking command or uh, is he commander overbeck or captain overbeck? Yeah. Knocking him out of the way, then knocking that other dude that has a neck brace. <laughs> That's just so good. It was hilarious. And one of one of my favorite little slapsticky things, I've never seen this before. 
Um, they were in his office, in Harlan Williams' office. The guy with the busted neck was on the ground. He leans over him, puts on his glasses, and his glasses <laughs> slip off and hit the guy in the head. <laughs> Just something so simple and small. I've never seen that kind of joke before. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, I I died laughing in this movie so many times. Just, oh, out loud laughing. Loved it. Yes. And then he points over at the other guy like somebody else did. <laughs> it's like... Oh yep, yeah. Yep. So ever honestly like throughout the whole movie I'm laughing and like when he takes off his boot and he, he's inside of his room he takes off his boot and kicks it. It goes through the window. I mean that's yep. just so stupid but it just made me laugh so yep. hard. It was. Yep. Yep. Um I I really liked a couple things. He said at one point, "You ready for some fun?" and in Harlan Williams, "Fun is my Chinese neighbor's middle name." <laughs> And then the whole scene, this might be my second favorite scene when they first get to Mars and he keeps commenting, this is the first time um, I walked, first time anyone's walked backwards on Mars. First time you've ignored me on Mars, you know, first time I blew a kiss on Mars. Love the whole first time stuff. On top of that, he finally is running out, like he gives his air to the to the chimp. And then uh, Captain Overbeck keeps talking to him. He's all, you've been, you've been giving me the silent treatment all this time, and now you want to talk when I don't have any air? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I loved it, man. It, it was good. So solid B from me for sure. I recommend anybody who likes slapsticky comedy. And of course, if you're a fan of Harlan Williams, this is a movie that you have to see for sure. Yeah, even anybody who wants to have a fun laugh that wants to just enjoy a good time of watching a funny movie, um, I I strong like I get again I give it an A plus because as all those things run through my brain of the thing, like uh, what made me laugh was. He goes, oh, when he first sees Commander Overbeck, he's all, I feel like a paleontologist start looking his entire life for an extinct di- uh, dinosaur, and I found one. <laughs> it's you. And he's all, uh, thanks? <laughs> you know, <laughs> yep. You've flown to the, yeah, you went out of space eight times. Well, it's nine times, but who's counting? Apparently you are, my friend. <laughs> Just yeah. so many good, good things. And I, I really loved seeing um, uh, Olive Oil, you know, his mom. Oh, yeah. Remember olive oil from mm-hmm. the Popeye with, um, oh my goodness, what was his name? Um, he passed away. Uh, Robin Williams. Robin Williams. Yes. Yeah. So so hilarious. But yeah, it was great seeing them. The I, I okay. I want to get to the story itself because I laughed throughout the entire movie. My kids were laughing probably because I was laughing so hard. But it was I was laughing so much. But the story progression was super cool. Now I don't know if it's necessarily a spoof. It doesn't seem like it's spoof. It's just a funny movie about space. Mm-hmm. But the progression of somebody who's not a um, you know space uh, cadet or you know astronaut to then becoming an astronaut at the very end, saving everything. The progression was a really well fun um, and an enjoyable story that you don't feel like bogged down at any point. You don't feel like um, you know, hey, this point, this was pointless or anything like that. The whole storyline was, in my opinion, did really really well. I agree with you there 100%. They, it made sense why they had to go out and pursue Harlan Williams. Everything that he did was a bit illogical, except for the smart technical kind of stuff. So if we can push aside that illogical stuff, everything from the NASA controllers, from Commander Overbeck's point of view, Julie's point of view, everybody was progressing along in their mission to get to Mars. What didn't make sense is why they needed the monkey to find potential life on Mars, but... Having the monkey there is where a lot of the comedy came from. So I understand that, though. I think it was to go underneath or smaller places that people couldn't. But I, I that, that's the only thing I can came up with. 
Yeah, well, yeah, but that's not a good enough reason, like, in real life, you know what I mean? Yeah, and you would think they would bring back, instead of, like, a just, well, I don't know about weight and everything, but you're in space, so. But anyways, they just brought back a tiny little trunk of little rocks. I was like, Mm -hmm. dude, (laughs) fill that thing up. Like, it's Mars rocks. But, um, yeah, so with the, the fun changing of, not necessarily, like, Randall didn't necessarily change, but the people grew to like him even more as he his quirks became like, hey, he he's actually smart. He's not just stupid. Like, if he's just stupid and he acts like this, that's a different story. But he has just quirks, but then it, they, they grow on him. What did you think about that process? Oh, I, I loved it. And it made sense how everybody was off put by him. Like, Julie didn't like him at all at first, trying to dance with him all drunk in the thing. And Commander Overbeck, of course, this guy's kind of a fool. You know, he's used to kind of like straight-laced, really smart, really serious people. He's going to look at this guy completely differently. But I did like Bo Bridges. Um, uh, I, just, I, I liked how he kind of, uh, not really father figure, but kind of looked after Harlan Williams' character of Fred. You know, I, I did like that aspect. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it was fun seeing the dynamic of Bo and um, uh, who was the, uh, b- basically the other guy that was actually the um, um, mission control guy. Mission control guy. Yeah. And the dynamic between the two. Um, you've seen that all like slide, side point or like it just like a side part of the story. Mm-hmm. Really, really cool. Um, I, as I was watching it, I was watching for um, obviously laughing every single time, but I was also watching for the story progression and how it went through. And so it seemed like it was, like I said in the last movie in Spaceballs, like when a movie goes from like point A to point B, and then there's point B to point C and point C to point D, and they just keep going and there's a stop and they're like, they attain something or they, they get something done and then they have to hold, go a new adventure. And so it seemed like there was a few different new adventures throughout this movie, as opposed to going from A is the beginning and B is the very end, you know, the, the end of the movie. Oh, and so totally. Yeah, this this yeah. movie followed your standard, like, good story idea of cause and effect really, really well. Yeah. I, what I have to bring up, I absolutely love in the spinning chamber where, you know, you spin in a circle. Mm-hmm. And he's all, hey, give it a little gas. <laughs> Can you turn it up a little bit? Like it's already beating his record. All right. And then at the very end, he goes, I want my mommy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, speaking of mommy, I love that scene at the end when he said, I need to, you know, uh, he mentioned how how women or mommies whose children are stuck under <laughs> something develop inhuman strength. Call me mommy. <laughs> and then at the end, he goes, don't talk to your mother that way. <laughs> I love that mommy stuff. Yeah, at the beginning of the movie where you see kid Fred inside of the dryer. Yep. And it shows, obviously, his personality, what he he aspires to. And you see, oh, you know, we have a problem. And he starts rolling in it. I I thought that was a really good setup. A really quick and easy setup to seeing his personality. And then you fast forward to him coming inside of his his office. And he's playing. He's all... And the guys are sitting behind him watching. It was really, really good. 
And you're right, it does make sense introducing him as opposed to being in the office, but as a kid, so you do get to see where he came from. I love that. I, I think they told this, even though it's a, such a goofy movie, and the stupid critics gave it, gave it 21%, I don't think they could look beyond Harlan Williams' goofiness. You know what I mean? They didn't look to see what the movie was all about, what the movie was trying to deliver, because this movie delivered 100% on what it wanted to. A super funny, laugh-out-loud, kind of like Harlan Williams' Uh, display of his comedic genius, you know? I think as much as you're talking about it, your rating needs to go up to at least to an A minus. Maybe, maybe, or a B plus <laughs> at a minimum. Yeah, at you're minimum. Right. I just don't know how rewatchable it is. I don't know if I'll ever pop it in again, you know? Well, here, here's the thing. I probably would, I've always thought, you know, I got to watch it again. It's so funny, but I never did because I just didn't either have the time or really the desire because there's so many just just new movies coming out. But because of this, I was like, yeah, let's go watch it now. My kids watch it and they want, they will want to watch it over and over again. And I will absolutely sit down and watch it with them because they love it. And it's definitely rewatchable. But yeah, so I'm glad you brought it up just a little bit because, man, it's and so we, if somebody doesn't like Harlan Williams or they don't like slapstick, they're not going to like this. Mm-hmm. Um, like if they literally can't stand Harlan Williams because it, it centers around Harlan Williams, but he's so stinking funny. And you sent me over a YouTube clip of Harlan Williams over on, is it Conan? Conan, yeah, show? Conan O'Brien show in a 2006 interview. It was, was it 2006? Yeah, it was. Oh um, okay. He was promoting some other movie I've never seen of his, but he was just super funny. I had to share that with you. And then for the audience, of course, I'm going to uh, put that video within the show notes page for today so they can watch it as well. This is like Harlan Williams. Besides this movie, uh, this is like Harlan Williams at his funniest in this interview. My goodness, I was rolling on the ground from this interview. It was so hilariously funny. It was like, I just got done watching Rocket Man, and then you sent that over, and I like literally like 20 minutes after I got done watching it, I just got to laugh all over again mm-hmm. and see that he is, he is hands down funny, but hands down very, very weird. <laughs> yeah. He is. He, so, he does that so well. His like It seems to me like it's his own brand of humor. I've never seen anybody uh, do stand-up like him or joke around in interviews and stuff. Like I told you last week, I listen to him a lot. Not a lot. I mean, every time he goes on the Adam Carolla show, I've heard every single one of those interviews. And he is always the same kind of weird, kooky, but very funny guy. Yeah, I, I like... I don't know if... Well, it's definitely in the writing, but when he is going to go away to NASA, leaving his house, his mom's chasing after him with the peanut butter jelly sandwiches that are cut out in rocket ships and all that sort of stuff. He's putting his bags in. He's all, Mom, I'm almost a full-grown man. (laughs) (laughs) That's one of my favorite with that voice crack, one of my favorite lines as well. Exactly. Oh, man, oh, man. So let's get to some lessons here. So Uh, my first lesson is don't kick off your shoes in the house. You are going to break something. Maybe not as bad as a window like Harlan Williams, but my son Dalen has kicked off his shoes before and he's knocked over things. I can't remember if he's broken anything, but potentially like a water glass or something. So do not do that in your house. Dude, I honestly have, don't believe I have ever kicked off my shoe. For some reason, I have literally never done that. Are you wearing slippers right now? Do it right now for fun. (laughs) But not towards a window or the kitchen. So have you done that? Is that something that you normally would do? Of course. Oh, wow. Yeah. I don't don't know why. I've never done that. (laughs) Maybe I should try it. It sounds fun. Yeah, but normally it takes place in the garage. We keep our shoes in the garage, as you know. Oh, got it. All right. So my first lesson is being and acting weird makes others uncomfortable. 
Oh, and yeah. you can see that from the very beginning um, when not his parents, but when you when Harlan Williams and or Fred interacts with anybody that's outside of his family, they're like, oh, what's up with this guy? Like he's <laughs> and so being acting weird makes others uncomfortable. And that's something that so I I grew up you and I grew up in the, the government school or public school. Um, and so people say you need to be in public school or government school in order to not be weird. Well, I disagree. We homeschool our kids and our kids, they probably can act weird. But whenever I see them acting weird, I'm like, dude, that's weird. Stop doing that. Mm-hmm. Like I watch out for it because I know I don't want my kids acting weird. And so whenever I see it, and it's been a long time. Like when they were, I don't know, five, the boys were five and they were doing something weird. I'm like, dude, that's weird. But since then, I haven't had to say anything that's weird. Uh, but uh, yeah, being an acting weird around others makes them uncomfortable. Totally, totally. But one of the things, too, about people who do act weird, they kind of don't pick up on those social cues. They don't realize that that their weirdness is kind of creeping others out, you know. So it is a lesson to learn and to keep in mind, but a lot of people who need to learn it uh, don't. That's that's right. I mean, because what it really could be is that they never know what it's like to not be weird and never know how people's reactions are to them not being weird. If that makes sense. You know, it's like everybody's reaction is always the same. It's like this dude's weird and he just, uh, you know, thinks it, hey, that's normal. (laughs) It's not. Yep. Or maybe maybe they're so much into their own head, they don't notice the other person. Or like you said, yeah, it's just a normal, a normal thing. Hey, this is how everybody acts, you know, and I'm just going to keep doing my weird thing. You're absolutely right. The social cues, being able to pick up on that, that is something that everybody must be able to do. Yeah, totally, totally. So my second lesson is if you are running out of time, skip the sleep. So they were thinking they would have to leave super early the next day, um, not be able to collect any rocks or anything. But then they said, well, let's hit the hay and get some rest. No, skip the rest, push through, go out there, collect the rocks right now. Because if the weather does turn freaking, you know, then you can fly out after having already accomplished what you set out to do. And, and then that just reminds me like, not reminds me, but I think tonight I'm going to have to miss out on a bit of sleep because I have a webinar I'm doing tomorrow. And I'm not fully prepared for it, but I have to be prepared before the webinar starts at 5 p.m., you know. So I think I'm going to stay up late, get a lot of work done, and then kind of like finalize it tomorrow. You know what I mean? I'm going to skip the sleep to get work done. That's a that's a hugely valuable lesson. And that's my Monday morning quarterback oh. is, yeah, absolutely. It's so silly. Like, oh, it's, you know, we're, we're going to have to um, leave at like, what did they say? Like 10 a.m. Or I don't know, but, but they, like really early. Like they're not going to have any time. I'm like, why are you going to sleep? Like just get it done and go do and leave now. Like, like leave and like, if, if you're going to sleep for even five hours, that's five hours that you can postpone sleeping, get up there, out of there before anything happens. And so with my money, money quarterback, they would never have had any of those problems of almost dying. But obviously it makes fun for the movie. But yeah, seriously, why would you need sleep? It just it just doesn't fit. Yep. Yep. Fun for the movie. And you get to see Fred save the day, of course. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so you said your Monday morning. My Monday morning quarterback is put the chimp to sleep first, right? Then the most senior or knowledgeable person, they go to sleep at the very end. You just don't want to screw up by having a monkey still awake while your two most capable people are asleep. That is absolutely right. And you know what? That was my first Monday morning quarterback. Like when I first thought of it, mm-hmm. that was my Monday morning quarterback because it happens twice, which is yeah. makes it even more funny. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like it happens once and then you're like, is it going to happen? Is it going to? 
Is it? Is yeah. it? And <laughs> it happened. And it does, yeah. But, you know, real quick, I'm sorry, you haven't said your second lesson yet, but my third lesson relates right to that. Learn your lesson the first time. So he allowed the chimp once again to steal his pod because they didn't put him to sleep first. So that's my third lesson. I don't know. That's rather hard. He was smitten on um, uh, Ford. I know. Well, putting the monkey to sleep first gives you more time to stand there and talk to Ford, right? Oh, there you go. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, learn your lesson the first time, especially when you were up for eight months and mm-hmm. by yourself. I love that. That was another amazing scene. Eight or scene or but like progression of scenes of him being awake for eight months and then going crazy. And yep. then when them waking up, like he ate all the food other than gefilte fish <laughs> i know that was just funny too why would you put gefilte fish and liver whatever the other stuff was on a flight into space i agree <laughs> all right so my first lesson was being an acting weird makes others uncomfortable but that is for me acting weird outwards but if it was the other way where i was seeing somebody acting weird or being weird the second lesson is don't judge a book by its cover oh i love it yeah, because you can see everybody changes, especially in the um, uh, Ford and Overbeck. They especially change because they see exactly, hey, this guy, even though he's got quirkiness, I think that's what makes them like him even more because he's absolutely capable. He saved their lives and all that sort of stuff. And he's just fun to be around. He's just a little quirky. So, yeah, don't judge a book by its cover. You know, once you first see him, they completely wrote him off. But then he's the one that saved the day in the end. And, oh, with that... With that, um, uh, Bud, he said, um, or some uh, one guy asked Bud, you know, is it possible for them for for Fred to pull it off? And Bud said, only a genius or a complete idiot can do it. Good thing we have both. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> yeah, that was a good line. Cool, cool. So, what's your third lesson? Did you already give your third lesson? Yeah, I did. That was learn oh, your that, lesson the first time. That's right. Third lesson is don't assume you're the smartest person in the room. Mm. And that is from the first meeting of, um, man, I wish I would have had his name, but he's the guy that got hit in the head with a rocket. Um, and you know, yeah, I think his, uh, his uh, name in the movie was Gary. Okay. Gary. Yeah. He just said he was the smartest person. He thought he was the smartest person. He got everything right, but that's what caused him to actually get hit in the head and be taken out of the, the mission and all that sort of stuff. And so he assumed he was, and that's pride. That's where you're arrogant that you think you're better than other people. Um, you know, as I, I like to read the Bible and the Bible says that, um, we need to consider others more important than yourselves. And that goes right along with smarter. Like, don't think you're the best, you're the smartest or anything, because more than likely, Maybe not in the same room, but there is absolutely somebody that's better or smarter or or whatever than you. So don't assume you're the smartest person in the room. Yep, yep. I'm totally down with that lesson, Dust. I have, awesome. I I have one more lesson. Oh, cool. That just drove home. Bonus lesson. Bonus lesson. Always, always, always blame Julie. Yes. (laughs) Wait, blame Julie or just anybody else? Uh, It could be Julie. I always Uh do that. Like, Like part of the joke um, people like with my kids, I'm going to be saying, um, oh, it was mommy, which is one way to say it, you know, cause, oh, you know, I'm always blaming the female, yep. uh, that's in my life. Or I could say, oh, it was Julie. It wasn't me. It was Julie. Yep. And so <laughs> either way, they'll get the joke either way. Yeah. Yeah, they do. I often blame, like if I fart somewhere away from home, I'll blame our dog. <laughs> and the kids always kind of giggle at that. They know I'm, uh, you know, they call those kinds of things, dad jokes. They're exactly dad jokes yeah. <laughs> but i don't mind I, i'm good with dad jokes 
Absolutely. I told my kids and they know that my job as a dad is obviously to teach them and things, but that's that's like the second point. The first one is to embarrass them. Mm. Embarrass <laughs> the stink out of them over and over and over again. Yep. Yep, it is. And some dads <laughs> do a really good job of that. Remember, um, do you ever watch Mad TV? Nah, maybe one or two. No, but not very much. Yeah, uh, there was this funny dad played by Mike McDonald, I think the actor's name is, the the tall, thin guy on the show. And um, he would often embarrass his kids by coming out when like when their kids brought people over like a boyfriend or a girlfriend or friends he would come out in his underwear and walk around in his underwear like that that just reminded me i don't know if i'll do that is when my kids bring friends <laughs> over but uh i haven't done it yet but who knows in the future i might look for more reasons or more ways to embarrass the kids absolutely i i love another movie that hopefully we'll get to on the show but so i married an axe murderer we should yes Yes, fantastic movie, and the dad is so hilarious. And like he's all, "Hey, Charlie, did you fall in there?" And when his girlfriend's in the other room, and mm-hmm. light a match, and all, it just makes fun of him. But yeah, that just reminded me of fun dad things to say and do. And I'm absolutely all that sort of stuff. I'm going to be doing to my kids, especially when they bring home any anybody that's a possible suitor. I'm going to, hey, <laughs> hey, you want to see that when he's pooping on the on the, on the toilet? <laughs> Yep, absolutely. So I'm going to actually put that on the list right now for something in the future. One of us will choose it. So I married an axe murder. Awesome. Cool. Beast. Oh, hey, what prop do you want to take home? Easy for me. Um, there, There's a, uh, a ton of good things in there, but they're really, really rather big. And I this movie isn't one that I would want to like, you know, plaster, you know, have it in my room, a huge thing. So really, really small is Bud's coin. That's easily rememberable. If you say, hey, that's Bud's coin that saved the day. Perfect. Ah, I see. I chose something small too. The underpants flag. Dude, I I, I changed my mind. <laughs> Screw Bud's coin. The <laughs> flag. Well, when you see him starting to take it off, yeah. it's like dancing back, like just in a f- awesomely funny way. But I'm thinking... How in the world did he take those off? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's no need to explain that kind of logic, you know, outer space. Uh, exactly. no atm- Well, I guess Mars probably does have some kind of atmosphere, um, you know, pulling your underwear. Oh, something else that was kind of illogical space stuff was they, they turned on the artificial gravity in the ship. Yep. Which is totally not real, but I, I like how they did that. It's it's totally fake and all, but it made sense to probably make for filming and just creating the movie much easier. If you have to try to fake floating inside that thing all the time, it's just going to be too difficult, add too much expense, too much time to shooting, you know? I completely agree. That That is something that made it so much easier on them as opposed to always acting like they're floating. Yeah, yep. absolutely right. Yeah, there was only like two floating scenes when they were, or maybe only one when he was outside uh, cleaning the windshield, you know? I thought that was hilarious. And he was only been awake for what, 13 hours or something like that? (laughs) And he had all that stuff being done. Something similar uh, reminded me recently of um, of this was Spider-Man. So the newest Spider-Man where he is, um, you know, fighting uh, with the Vulture. Mm -hmm. What was that called? Homecoming? Homecoming, yep. Yeah, Spider-Man Homecoming, where he's, you know, has to give up or, you know, spend some time and he's doing all these sort of things and he's only been, uh, you know, it's only been like 26 minutes or something like that. Yeah. Oh, I don't, I just don't, I don't remember. It's been so long since I saw that movie. I don't recall that scene. Oh, yeah. So basically when Spider-Man is tracking Vulture and the Vulture is trying to steal something on a, a truck is driving to, you know, like the government warehouse facility, he gets trapped in there. 
And oh. yes. Yeah, the, the truck parks. He, he breaks out. He's ready to fight because he thinks it might be that. But no, it's actually just locked in there alone. And so he's in there until it opens up. Yeah, I remember that now. Overnight, right? Yep. Cool beans. Uh, so let me see here. I think we covered all our lessons, prop and anything. Was there anything that you wanted? Oh, outside of NASA, when he drives up in his little buggy or whatever at the at the security gate, not even there yet. Um, you know, he shoves. Uh, he he just he gets up there and parks and shoves his hand in the air and goes weeha. <laughs> he's just way outside of NASA. He's not anywhere close. He's just kind of right near it. You know, I I really like that. And then. The whole wasn't me over and over again throughout the movie. He probably said it 20 or 25 times. It was even on the, the headline for one of the newspapers, you know. wasn't me. I, I love that. The repeated joke. <laughs> Where he fell down and was the first person to touch Mars. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> it was great, man. Uh, any Anything else? I, I'm other than I mean, we could talk about all the su- super funny parts, which, you know, the whole movie is funny. Um, we could go through each one of those, but that would take forever. But yeah, yeah, it was a great movie. I will absolutely watch it again. Cool. beans. so, so will I eventually, um, actually maybe, you know, I'll pop it in for the boys. Cause I watched this one just on my own late at night, um, for the podcast right here, but it, it is perfect for the boys. Yeah, you're right. I'll play it for them for sure. They need to watch it. They, they absolutely do. do. They do. So, uh, this movie was my choice. What are we watching next week? Dust? You had a fantastic choice in The Rocket Man, bringing back an old movie that's just hilarious. And we talked about it briefly on this podcast. So I thought, and I had another movie come into my brain that I was going to pick, but we're not going to do that one. We're going to do one that I just brought up. So I Married an Axe Murderer. Great choice. I I have watched that. Well, let me ask you, how many times have you watched So I Married? Oh, I don't know. Five times, six times. I'm thinking, yeah, I, I'm at closer to 10. And mm-hmm. for some reason, like I have, I have a bunch of friends that absolutely, we um, love that movie. And so we don't call it So I Married an Axe Murderer. It's just So I Married. Like we know what that means. Like, hey, did you watch So I Married? And they're like, oh yeah. And so I'm super excited to watch So I Married. Me too. I'm looking forward to it 100%. It's a really good choice. I didn't even have to bother typing it down for some future movie. You know, it's next week. There you go. Absolutely. Let's... Let's do so. I married. I'm I'm super super. I'm Mike Myers. He is a fantastic actor, and this is not one where you're going to get his character. You're going to get more of him. You know, being being a, a normal person like Austin Powers. You're going to have him in different characters. Um, Cat the, the Love actor. Guru. Oh, I, you know what? I, <laughs> I I I tried to watch, but after about. 15 minutes i couldn't watch it did you watch that movie no i couldn't stomach it either no oh goodness um obviously the script is bad but this shows you mike myers but just being funny and normal like being himself not a character so i i I think this movie's fantastic cool beans so we are gonna do it next week yeah all righty well everybody thank you so much for listening if you enjoyed this episode please share it with a friend and now that you know how we feel about 1997's Rocket Man, we would love to hear your thoughts. And of course, not just your thoughts on the movie, but any life lessons that you took away from it. Just visit the show notes page at watchandlearnpodcast.com slash pod 33 to leave a comment. Alrighty then, my name is Sky, And this is Dusty. And we will return next week with... So I Married an Axe Murderer. Murderer.